0: Welcome to the archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Do we really know the people around us, our children, our family, our friends, or are we strangers in our own community? Mary Catherine Bateson, the author of a book entitled Full Circles, Overlapping Lives, Culture and Generation in Transition, believes that we are strangers, she describes us as immigrants in time rather than space. In this interview from the archives of Radio Curious recorded in April of 2000, we visit with Mary Catherine Bateson, the daughter of two distinguished anthropologists, Margaret Mead and Gregory Bateson. Mary Catherine Bateson, welcome to Radio Curious. Well, thank you. You talk in your book about the vast difference in our culture uh, because of the changes, what I interpret to be electronic changes and the changes from the industrial age, and you call us immigrants in time as opposed to immigrants in space. Can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that for us? Well,
1: you know, there have always been huge differences between Uh, human cultures that you would encounter if you were all around the globe from country to country as an immigrant in space. But people who stayed where they were born were able to look at parents, uh, think ahead, that was the way their life would be, and expect a good deal of continuity. Now what's happened is that because there are a great many changes, If you stay in one place, the world is changing around you. And that makes you a different kind of immigrant. And this is not just a matter of electronics. It's a matter of the fact that we live longer. So our lives have a different shape. And it's a matter of the convergence of different human groups that have been in different parts of the planet and are also migrating at the same
0: time well that causes us to have a, a much more uh, a much more vivid potential for conflict uh, at the same time a potential for understanding those conflicts and i think that's the what you're trying to do in the book is as i see it well,
1: i'm uh, show people ways that they can use their experience of change very close up uh, to make them more open to understanding people further away.
0: Can you give some examples?
1: Well, I, I open the book with the phrase we live with strangers. And what I mean by that is that the people we live with, our children, our parents, our spouses and lovers, are themselves changing, and we have to keep relearning them all the time. This is what it means to live uh, in a society of lifelong learning, where the roles are changing, and people are outgrowing obsolete roles. And it creates an opportunity for discovery, discovering more about yourself and more about the other person. It's if, Have you ever sat, you know, and watched a little child take a first step, and you feel as if you, maybe it's your child, and you know that child, but that child has just stepped into a new world by being able to get up on his feet and I think we see our friends and relations doing that as they discover new opportunities
0: well I certainly remember um, seeing that in relationship to both of my daughters when they took their first step Um,
1: but you see children are a really good example because they really are complete strangers when they arrive And the interesting thing is that though you can't understand them and you can't communicate terribly well and they don't know the customs of the place, you can still love them. You can be deeply committed and be very much committed to learning to know them in their process of becoming.
0: Is that almost a uh, human nature because I find that that's often the case, what you say with biological children as well as with uh, adopted children.
1: I think it is pretty deeply human nature, but I think we have to learn to look in the same way at the adults in our lives,
0: or the teenagers.
1: And indeed, the teenagers.
0: The teenage children who all of a sudden become um, radical strangers.
1: And we have to let them grow the way they're growing. I I don't think it works to think you can set a stamp uh, on someone growing up. You have to guide them. You have to make information available. Uh, But they have to become whom they're going to become.
0: What do you mean, set a stamp?
1: No, it was it was possible uh, for a man to uh, say he wanted his son to follow in his footsteps and he meant very precisely uh, into the same job with the same skills in the same place Uh, like a a farmer handing on a farm to his son now today even if his son chooses to be a farmer and to remain in the same place, he has to use so many new techniques and function in such a different market that he has to become a rather different person.
0: I'd like you to elaborate that and explain a, a little bit, but I want to mention that our guest this week is Mary Catherine Bateson, the author of a new book, Uh, called Full Circles and Overlapping Lives. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Those changes that you talk about, um, they're more than just farming. They're at almost every level. Um, If we look at how the world was changed with fax machines 15 years ago and how in the past five years it's been changed with the Internet.
1: Everything functions Differently. And uh, unfortunately, we all feel busier. We're not finding that these wonderful inventions give us a lot of free time.
0: Do you have some thoughts on that? As to why we are busier when we have the inventions that are supposed to make things easier? Or is that just commercial hype?
1: Well, I think people are under a lot of pressure. Uh, Their standards for what they ought to be able to achieve, what they ought to be able to consume, keep getting ratcheted up, and they don't have a lot of time to sit back and consider what really matters to them, what their deeper priorities are. I think we uh, cheat ourselves out of time for reflection. And even though we're constantly learning new techniques, we don't get the benefit of learning from experience unless we take time to reflect on experience. You know, they say experience is the best teacher, but we're mainly pretty bad students who don't do our homework.
0: What do you mean? Talk, talk a little more about that.
1: Well, I mean with the world changing around us. There is a tremendous amount to see. Just walking down the street, there are things to be learned because there are other people on the street who've come from great distances. We've got all sorts of information impinging on us. And I don't mean just electronically, I mean for our eyes and our ears. Um, But we don't necessarily go through the process of reflecting on it and integrating it into our experience.
0: It seems to me that that um, reflection or the integration is prepared for us and piped into everyone's home through the medium of of television. And that takes away from the opportunity to sit quietly and um, at one different level like we have here on radio, uh, people can form images of what uh, this the speakers in our conversation look like based on our voices alone. Uh, in television, that image is given to us. Uh, in the absence of radio and television, it requires even more conjecture on the part of the thinker. This
1: is true. But you know, even though the, uh, the television pipes an interpretation into your home, uh that may not be the right interpretation uh... for what's happening inside your home sometimes you'll hear uh... mother say uh... explain her child's behavior by saying he's in his terrible twos but next week he's going to be three and it'll be different well the concept of terrible twos is certainly a reality but it doesn't work exactly like that you've got to be observing your own child to understand his development and what we see happening is people are shocked by the way their family members are developing I I keep hearing people saying I thought I know knew so-and-so and and it
0: turns out I didn't well that goes back to your um
1: Got it, Living with Strangers. To
0: your Living with Strangers concept.
1: Uh, And uh, part of the question is, when was the last time you sat down and had a quiet conversation with so-and-so without the
0: television on? Uh, Mary, when you um, took a trip to Georgia and uh, taught a class at Spelman College, which I believe formed the basis uh, for much of what is in your book, Your class had a wide age variance of uh, women as students and i'd like you to tell us about that and what was in that class that uh, drew you to writing uh, full circles and overlapping lives
1: well you know i have been teaching uh, on the life cycle and on autobiographies and life histories for about 10 years but when i went a liberal arts college, uh, I would have had a class, I was there as a guest for one semester, I would have had a class of all traditional undergraduates, uh, young women uh, under 20, if I hadn't balked and said, if I'm going to teach about women's lives, I need a mixture of ages. So I brought in... Uh, a group of older women connected with the college and the result was that they fell into two groups rather than being kind of scattered across the spectrum and that really stimulated me to think about how is it different today to be 20 from what it used to be and how is it different today to be 50 from what it used to be Now, the other element here, Spelman College, is a traditionally black college, which means that the the older women in the group had all grown up before the Civil Rights Movement uh, and in legally segregated Deep South. And the young women had all grown up Uh, in society as we know it today which still has deep problems uh, around the issue of race but nothing like before the 60's so that I could I could be thinking I'm white I could be thinking simultaneously about the problems of communication uh, between racial and cultural groups and about the issues of communication between different generational groups. Uh, And that I found a a very interesting process and the women in the class found it an interesting process because they were constantly discovering what they didn't know about each other, the world in which the others live.
0: Can you share with us some of your thoughts and some of the... Things that they didn't know about how the others lived?
1: Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, because I was the same age as the elders, uh, I felt that they and I were closer to each other in our experience than they were to the younger women. For instance, we read the life story of a woman. Um, well, some of you have seen the movie, but I recommend the book, Hay Hayslips, When Heaven and Earth Changed Places, a Vietnamese woman. Well, the young women in the class were too young to remember the Vietnam War, and yet it hadn't yet gotten into most of their history classes. Uh, and the interesting thing is, they assumed that the African-American Community would have been opposed to the war. Now I don't know how old you are, but I can tell you I remember that, on the whole, most of the African American community uh, was sympathetic with the war, except for a few intellectuals. Uh, but working class people, white or black, supported the war. And.
0: But that was true regardless of racial background
1: that's right. But now the young people assume it would have been different. The young people assume that the black community would have seen it as a racist war. And that's a change, looking at the other side of the planet and thinking in these terms. So there was this moment of talking to each other and discovering that this change had taken place and been taken for granted and indeed many of Dr. King's followers were very disillusioned when he spoke out against the Vietnam War.
0: I remember that very well.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, you do belong to my generation. Oh
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Um, the concept between immigrants in time is I think the source of what you're saying between the 20 year olds and the 50 year olds exactly and even the uh, three-year-olds who come yet in another generation it it seems like with the um, changes in industry and electronics the generational gap um, is closer and closer together in years.
1: Well, you know, there's a a kind of a cliché that there's a new generation every 20 years, and there's a tendency to give kind of uh, snappy names to different generations, the silent generations, the me generation, generation Xers, and so on. Uh, But in fact, as the rate of change accelerates, Uh, I think it's hard for students in college to understand what their younger brothers and sisters in high school are thinking and learning. So that's maybe a five year difference.
0: That's my point. That's my point. In your young life, um, you lived with uh, rather well-known parents. Margaret Mead and Gregory Bateson Um, I'm interested in how their influence uh, your mother's work in the South Pacific uh, her book Coming of Age in Samoa uh, and her thoughts um, of course there may not be a lot for you to compare it to but I'm curious as to how uh, you have absorbed their points of view in analyzing society Oh I think
1: I've absorbed absorbed a great deal. Um, My mother actually was brought up from her childhood to be sensitive to observing uh, culture around her um, and taking notes, not just when she went to foreign places, but taking notes and paying attention uh, when I was a baby. He was an, a, an, a participant observer in family life. So that's a, a way of, of looking at the world as offering something that you need to pay attention to all the time. And my father, of course, was an immigrant. He uh, grew up in England and came to the United States after he studied anthropology and lived in California. Um, And he always looked at American culture, uh, you know, with one eyebrow raised sort of quizzically uh, as if saying, now how did I get here?
0: How did he get here?
1: How did he get here? To California?
0: Well, to America.
1: Uh, He and my mother met in New Guinea and fell in love and then they... They did some field work together uh, in in Bali and New Guinea and got married. Um, and then eventually they split up and he moved to California. <coughs> she lived in New York.
0: And that's where you grew up, in, in New York?
1: Yes, with visits to California.
0: Mary, is there a section of full circles and overlapping lives that you could read for us, please?
1: Sure. Um, I thought it might be useful uh, to read a bit about how the shape of lives has has changed. We talk as if we would added years on at the end, because that's where you add. But in fact, something much more pervasive has happened. Here we go. Anyone who has had the experience of building a new room onto a house knows from that experience that the result is much more complex and pervasive than simple addition. Adding a room can, encha- can change the entire pattern of usage. Where the family spends time, where things are stored, which doors and hallways are used, and often changes the system of relationships within the family as well. Not only is a building modified, but the meaning of home is modified. Adding a new member, even a pet, to a household has even greater effects on the pattern of life. The extra room, represented by extended life expectancy, is far more than a simple addition or extension. If there is a new stage in adult life, it is more like an atrium opened up in the center than like a wing tacked on, a space for new and airier lifestyles and freer kinds of relationships. Time has been discovered in midstream, a second adulthood, while youth and aging both have
0: changed in shape. Well, this whole concept of extended time has radically changed the economics of our culture. Uh, We have housing developments for senior citizens, uh, exclusive residents for people over 55, communities like that. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that that creates an age separation that sets up a block for the learning that you talk about that can occur in a home. If...
1: Absolutely. I mean, we are, as, we are at risk of age segregation that could be as bad as racial segregation in terms of uh, people forgetting how to communicate with each other generations not connecting. And I want to emphasize, Barry, that although the examples in this book uh, are mainly women, um, that's because the changes in the life cycle have become obvious first in relation to women. But in fact, these changes are affecting men as well, and affecting the whole life cycle of men, as well as of women.
0: I see that. I feel that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, um, I'd like to see a future in which men and women uh, planned their resources and their priorities so that they could Take time for a midlife assessment, maybe a sabbatical. Uh, Go back to school for a while. Think about what they want to do with the years ahead of them, because they have a lot more years ahead of them in most cases than most people have learned to think
0: about. And in some cases that most people have had behind them. That's right. Well, Mary Catherine Bateson, I want to thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. And before we close, I'd like to ask you if you could tell us about an interesting book that you've read recently.
1: Well, you know, I I read autobiographies and life histories constantly. And I thought I'd talk about a book called Ithaca uh, by a woman named Sarah Safian who discovers... Just after she's out of college she's always known she's adopted but she is found by her birth parents and goes through a process of having to rediscover who she is in terms of where she comes from and I think that book is a particularly good parable looking at the fact that none of us goes into adulthood with a finished identity. We're going to have to keep revising our sense of who we are. It's it's a fine book uh, for anyone who's been affected by adoption, but it's also, I think, a very fine book just for ordinary Americans who have to go through the process of rediscovering themselves again and again. The title of the book, Ithaca, uh, refers to a poem by Cavafy on Odysseus' return from his wandering. And the message of the poem is it's not arriving that's important, it's the journey.
0: Well, Mary Catherine Bateson, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. Thank you. Mary Catherine Bateson is the author of Full Circles and Overlapping Lives, Culture and Generation in Transition. The book that she recommends is Ithaca by Sarah Sashen. This interview with Mary Catherine Bateson was recorded in April of 2000. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website www.radiocurious.org There are over 750 archives on our website, radiocurious.org, and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious@radiocurious.org. at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.